Welcome to the Health Admin Life Podcast. My name is Brooke, and I'm going to interview special guests to explore the vast career opportunities in health administration. Whether you're a clinical professional, a corporate worker, a student, or a patient yourself, this podcast is for everyone. Get ready to be inspired. Hello, current and future healthcare leaders. Welcome to the Health Admin Life Podcast. My name is Brooke, and today I would like to welcome Jada Lawson, data analyst at Anova Health System. Jada, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are? Yeah, of course. So I'm currently at Anova Health Systems. Um, like you stated, I'm a business analyst. I work with the Office of Research. So our clinical trials, non-federally funded, anything basically that has an ongoing study with musculoskeletal pediatrics and neuroscience. I do basically all of their financial reporting currently. That's fantastic. And I think people would love to know kind of more about what you do, maybe what a data analyst does, because I know it's different at every company. Yeah, of course. So day-to-day duties, um, they range. So we have a little bit of business operations in regards to the finance and accounting realm. So I'm doing a lot of account receivables or AP work. Um, We do some matrix reconciliations and journal entries. So really heavy within the accounting terminology there. And then as well as we're driving those consulting end user as well as client facing meetings that we have with the clinical team and just ensuring that their data is analyzed and organized throughout any of their studies. Um, We do a lot of their budget analysis and understanding what they're being federally funded for, what they can forecast in the future to bring on new studies, and really just driving the innovation prospect in regards to what the Office of Research can give them as consultants. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing. What sector would you say a no health system is, or what sector are you currently interested in? Yeah, of course. Um, I would say between the the health systems and consulting realm currently. Great. And how long have you been in the industry for? Um, In healthcare, I've been in a range about six to seven years. Uh, Within health systems, I would say about two to three years currently. Fantastic. And what made you interested in going this route? How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, of course. So I think everyone always has that like story about their parents. Um, my mom is currently a vice president at a big healthcare organization. And so really just seeing what her day-to-day looks like and wanting to marry that a little bit more into the business operations side, as well as quality. I feel like it's a really big thing when you're working with numbers, it tells a story. So once you kind of get that drive to want to keep going and understanding how healthcare and numbers can relate to one another, you kind of get not stuck there, but you kind of just get inspired to keep going. So it's kind of been a great experience. Longevity wise is also kind of growing pains too, and just wanting to grow further in that industry. Thank you for sharing. And also something to go off of this. And I think People may not know who you are and how we're uh, friends and related, but we actually started working together and this may, may be working longer than your seven years or so. We started out interning at Innova Health System back in the day and we did our internship within the continuous improvement internship um, with Innova, working to streamline their cardiology offices. So I know for me, I love to include that with my years of experience as much as I can, because I think any experience, especially with leadership, is valuable experience, even if it is an internship. It's something to add to your resume, which is fantastic. No, yeah, you you really hit it right there. Honestly, the continuous improvement 
really helped us kind of like segue into really understanding healthcare as a whole. Um, there are so many different departments, so many things that you can really touch base on that you really wouldn't think just learning out of the classroom. So kind of just having that innovation forefront, like you said, in new thinking and processes, it's definitely a growth aspect overall. I agree. And I'm really thankful we had that experience. And this might be a great next question is what is your favorite thing about working in healthcare? I would say just the quality and the difference. I feel like healthcare is such a prominent and innovative field. I mean, let's just think of COVID. COVID turned our world upside down and it drastically impacted healthcare over the world, you know? So Healthcare, I would just say, is one of those sectors that it's going to be different from, you know, yesterday to today. There's always something that you can learn differently. And just understanding whatever department that you are in, any skills that you have, they're going to change and they're going to build you into a better professional as you kind of climb up that ladder or those steps in your career. As awful as COVID really was, it was a catalyst in accelerating, I think, telehealth and automating systems. And I don't think healthcare is the only sector or industry that saw this happening, um, but I think that healthcare touches every aspect of everyone's lives. And there's whether it's um, you could say supply chain, you should say technology, thinking of our EHR systems, um, again data analytics. There's so many different things healthcare is involved in. So that innovative side is really important. The next question I have for you um, is, do you have any insights for aspiring leaders going into health admin? Of course. Um, I would say network, network, network. Um, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Have uncomfortable conversations um, in regards to wanting to learn something new or a discussion about something that you've never even heard of. When you think of even healthcare policy, right, there's so many different policies, there's so much legislator out there. And so sometimes you just kind of have to go up to that person or someone in your classroom or workspace and just like, hey, can you just talk to me a few minutes about this? Like, what is your perspective? And then, you know, wanting to connect with them further, you know, how did you get where you are? And then look at other resources. So LinkedIn is a great resource, I would say. Um, your career fair, going back to your old professors that you had during college or any other um, programs that you were a part of and really just asking the question, how did you get here? Um, and what are the strategic outputs that you would say about your career? Like, what are the objectives that you want to have? So mapping that out as well is also a really good key and honestly insight and advice that I would give for future health admins. And I think that a lot of people don't know that there's so many different opportunities out there. And that's why this industry is so important to network because you might have this idea in your head, okay, I want to be a CEO, but if you haven't worked at all or had any experience within college or even high school, you might not know what it takes. And even people who are well into this industry don't even know what it takes to get there. So you have to enjoy this journey. You have to enjoy the process and take opportunities you may not otherwise have said yes to. And that's where the importance of networking comes in. So even if you're looking at volunteer experiences, unpaid internships, that foundation to gain experience in the healthcare industry is really key. For the next question, is there anything that you would like to improve? If there was one thing you could improve within the healthcare delivery system, what would it be? 
Yeah, of course. Um, if I could help anything, I would just say the traditional view around health administration. Like you said, health administration is what you make it. There is no strict pathway. You can really kind of dive and go down a path that is really non-traditional. So wanting to expand that demographic of what it could be in the future, I feel like it's something that I would really want to change. Like I said, do your research and give as much perspective as you have going a different route as you would a traditional route or whatever that looks like for you. Try not to put yourself in a box. Um, like I said, your forefront, your foundation is always going to be what you make it. And so you kind of have to just look at what you want, make that pathway, make it, write it down, whatever research that you can put into it. And just understand that healthcare is innovative. It changes every single day. So why can't the expectations that you have going into that field change as well? I agree. And I think a lot of people think there has to be one way to do things, one pathway, where some sectors of healthcare are that way. If you want to go into more of a clinical route, whether it's being a provider, a doctor, a PA, a nurse, you might know, okay, I'm going to college. This is what I'm going to get out of it. But in healthcare administration, that's not necessarily the, the way to go. Again, it's doing that networking um, and seeing what opportunities are out there. But I think something that we could do a better job of in general in the healthcare delivery system is educating people and especially educating young aspiring leaders. So do you have any suggestions how we can do a better job of helping people understand what they could get into for healthcare administration? Yeah, of course. Um, like we've been saying, basically the entire tone of today is willingness to change your perspective on just one linear pathway and wanting to sprout into different perspectives, different foundations. Um, you know, sometimes when it th you think about just undergrad itself, I'll use that as an example, you go through one class and you're like, this is the path that I have to take. And you don't diversify everything that you're you know, you're saying, so you may stick to the same clubs and organizations. Whereas in my, um, you know, day-to-day -day activity, I was really interested in business. So I had a select group of people within getting their MBA or going the business administration route in an undergrad and understanding those different avenues. And so you want to be able to bridge that gap, whether it's through clinical to business and knowing how to saturate even within a clinical lens or non-clinical you just have to be able to ensure that there are differences, but you can increase on your dedication in regards to that route that you want to have and not just be so linear minded like we were stating from before. I agree. And again, going back to like internships, volunteering in college, I was doing, a, I was involved in a lot of different clubs, whether it was Project Princess, MedLife, or even a woman's heart health organization. This is where I gained my leadership skills and really opened the value um, and avenue of where I can go next. And something else that I think we could all do a better job of is once we're in the industry, giving back to those um, who are younger leaders. So for instance, I think this podcast has definitely helped people but it's also taking the time to go back and talk to the people in colleges because they're young leaders. They don't know what they can do next. And I know at one point I was lost. I was like, okay, what am I going to do next? So I think it really is taking that second and realizing how can I help others? So where can we help educate our younger leaders is really crucial. For our next question, and one of the things to wrap it up is what, what is, I guess, another way to 
bring awareness to the education system or even educating patients within the healthcare delivery system? Yeah, of course. I think that's a great question. Um, education really starts with willing to have a conversation. So let's just start there. You want to be able to formulate a conversation with two parties that are willing to understand a different perspective. And so kind of going from that, whether we're talking to patients is kind of giving their outlook on the healthcare delivery system as it currently is. And what are some things that they would want to see in the future? And from there, if there are gaps in between that process, that's when you can pull on resources to educate that person. And like we're saying, this is, would be a patient. Um, and so once you've educated them, now you've created a conversation where now they fully understand a topic that they quite didn't understand from before, and now they can weigh in. And from there, they're educating you on their perspective, and you have to be open to that or, or whomever is a stakeholder within that conversation. And then on the forefront, if you're giving that information, ensure that you're giving facts. So I would go to resources, making sure that you're up to date on policy and procedures and understanding what projects are currently in line to meet those strategic goals and outputs in regards to healthcare delivery. Um, and then from there, having a plan to always be innovative, always wanting to bring things to the forefront in my current role, we kind of have these meetings where it's like an innovative mindset. So we're thinking of new ideas that we can currently have and expound on, but also making sure that the facts are still there. We're not going to, you know, propose something that's really out there we can't succeed on, but there are things that we can formulate a goal and be able to create steps to achieve it and being realistic. Thank you for sharing. And do we think that this is something that hospitals have to fix or is this something that the government needs to have more involvement with? I feel like it's a two-way street. I feel like, you know, government involvement is great. You know, they're kind of like that legislative and kind of executive power as well. So we need a baseline from there. They need to create that foundational understanding. But then hospitals, they can also personalize their experience with patients or other people coming into their facilities or even consultants that, you know, that work with them. So kind to, you know, from their end, understanding the information that they're getting from these federally funded, you know, agencies, but then being able to, okay, how does this relate to our population? So in regards to working with like a woman's facility, I wouldn't take information from a pediatric standpoint, I would customize it. And so then understanding what are their needs, what are their wants, and then kind of being able to create a plan around that. I think that is really important. So like I said, two-way street, open and honest communication and realistic goals. I completely agree. And one of my last questions before we wrap things up is, I think a lot of people would be interested in more about you and your role, what would you say would be important to get into your specific position? What do people need to know? And then the best thing that I can say is a lot of people would be interested in knowing what is a salary for a data analyst? What are the ranges that you've seen or um, are nationwide? 
Yeah, no, all of that information is, is very valid, Brooke. So I would say as a business analyst, I would want to, well, the first question you would want to ask yourself is what discipline that you want to get into. I'm currently in the accounting and finance realm within healthcare, but that would look different if you're going to say IT systems or health systems IT. So kind of understanding your niche. Um, and then wanting to expand upon any skills that you would have, you know, evaluate a higher education or any certifications that you currently have and wanting to put that into a specific role. And like you stated, you know, salary, we obviously want to get paid for our skills. So that's something that you also kind of want to do research on currently in my field. We have a range, but I would say a comfortable of like 70 to $80,000, knowing that that is a nonprofit organization. So take in mind of that. And then being able to expound on that if you are going to go into a different discipline. Like I said, you kind of just have to, again, customize your approach and understanding what discipline that you would want to go into. But business analytics, you're going to be analyzing something. So just understand that's the foundation of your role. Um, so yeah, I think that that would be a great start to that. And I think what's nice is data analytics is transferable in any industry. So it's wonderful to have that foundation. And it's really key, like you said, to collect that data, but bring a visual to other leaders saying, okay, this is what I gathered, but this is what it really means. And that's what I've been seeing mostly is having those skills to really visualize what that data represents is key. And knowing that this is a position that you could live comfortably with is great. So thank you so much. Before ending the podcast, I just wanted to say thank you again for joining and being a guest speaker, Jada. Is there a way that listeners can connect with you after the show? Yeah, of course. Um, you guys can look me up on LinkedIn. If you just plug in my first and my last name, I'm sure I'll pop up there. Um, and I would love to connect with you guys if I have any questions, want to review any positions currently at my company or others. I would love to give feedback and connect you with any resources that I would have. On that note, thank you everyone for listening. Today's show is brought to you by our sponsors, Riverside and Anchor by Spotify. To listen to more episodes, check out the link in my bio at Health Admin Life on TikTok, Instagram, or YouTube.